Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole. I'm glad you're here. This is episode 25 of season three. And just so you know, a little secret of mine, I'm trying to get to a hundred episodes, 100 episodes total for Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole before I close out season three. So I think I'm in the late 80s or the tippy top of the 90s. So at least, you know, I'll be rocking with you with some new episodes for the next probably eight weeks or so. But I want to thank you guys so much for all of the support, um, especially on YouTube. We have a lot of our listeners that have transitioned over to youtube to enjoy the content over there thank you guys so much to every single listener to every single viewer i appreciate you the momentum continues and i have you to thank and also you can always hit me up on social media to let me know your thoughts about the show guests that you want me to interview topics you want me to discuss this show is all about you and so i really really want that to come across so i can't thank you guys enough and i'm really excited about today's show because i get to spend some time with an incredible actor. His name is Chris Davis. You may remember him from Atlanta and Judas and the Black Messiah. He is phenomenal. He's starring as George Foreman in the new film biopic for those who love that word. <laughs> Big George Foreman, the miraculous story of the once and future heavyweight champion of the world. It is set to release this month, April 28th. And I want to make sure you guys have an opportunity to not only hear from Chris, but also hear why you need to see this incredible film. So without further ado, take a listen to our conversation. I cheated. I already saw the movie. So we're going to talk ah, about that okay. much more. That's Chris, what's going on? You know, doing the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I um, chimed in on you and Griff's conversation a little mm-hmm. earlier. I heard yes. you guys talking a little basketball. And because I'm a former basketball player and we're right here at the apex of the NBA playoffs, I must ask you, who do you have? Who do you see coming out of the East? Who do you see coming out of the West? That's tricky. It I is don't, very I tricky. Don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to say anything <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> All I'll say is I'm a, I'm a Sixers fan mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that my team makes it the distance. Yeah, that's well. that's what I'll say. Shout out to Joel and B. Yeah, Do you think he's going to get that MVP trophy? I honestly, I think it's been a travesty that it hasn't already. Mm. If I'm going to be honest, mm-hmm. um, if he doesn't get that MVP trophy, it'll break my heart. Yeah, you know, because he's such a dynamic player, he's such an all-around player, and what he's doing in Philadelphia, what he's done for that team, yeah, um, his impact on the sport right now. I, I just. It would be a travesty if he didn't get it. And at that point, you got to ask, what really is it? You hmm. know what I mean? Is it a political thing? Is he not kissing enough babies, if you will? Yeah. You know, shaking enough hands? Who knows, man? But um, I'm really hoping that he gets it. I'm rooting for Joe, for real. Yeah, I think he's. I think it's his time now. He's kept his yeah, head down and did the work know, this and season. And he's so, 
and he's been so uh, gracious about it. Yeah. And he just focuses on the work and he does the work. And that's what I love about him is that, you know, all it doesn't matter if they give him the award or not. What matters is that he's showing up mm-hmm. and he's doing the work. And that's I can respect that. So when lose a draw for him, it's going to hurt us. Probably. It's, I'm, I'm sure it's going to hurt him, but you can't take away his impact. You can't yeah. take away the dynamic player that he is. So he's got all the humility in the world, you know, to, to, to take a loss from the yeah. MVP, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. You talk about showing yeah. up and doing the work, which is exactly what you did for this role mm-hmm. um, in this film. And I, I heard you talking about being a pescatarian yeah. and in your diet and things of that nature. So I want to ask you about the mental health aspect mm-hmm. of preparing for this role and also coming down from it from a physical, emotion, emotional, and mental standpoint. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? Well, the emotional integrity of the story wasn't um, so devastating on my mental state. Yeah. You know, you you know, you tell enough stories that you learn how to vacillate in and out of it. I'm sure, you know, you think of method actors and they yeah. have to uh, put themselves in these rigorous scenarios to, uh, you know, essentially torture themselves to find to find that emotional place. Um, that's not the way that I work. In fact, uh, so I didn't put myself in danger that way, but when I was gaining the weight, yeah, um, uh, I was eating as I said before, 7,000 calories a day, and I was gaining about 10 pounds a week, and it was happening really fast. Chris, that would have driven me nuts. As an athlete, I, w- uh, I don't, mentally, I would have been just well, you, in a nightmare. You gotta understand, I had worked so hard to get this beautifully chiseled body. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> the hardest I've ever worked in my adult life, you know, because at a certain point, you don't, your body's like, we don't want the abs no more. <laughs> You know what I'm That's saying? True. Like we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want the chest to lift like that That's anymore. Right. And the amount of work that you have to do to get there yeah. would be all I'm doing is working out morning, noon, and night. So I had gotten this incredible body, but I knew that I was going to have to get rid of it. Hmm. So two weeks in, I remember I was uh, I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I was getting depressed. I was very sad, you know, um, and and I didn't like it, you know. Um, but then I cut my hair. Hmm. I cut all my hair off because I was like, I can't take it anymore. I would see myself in the gym, and I, but I was looking at myself go through the transformation. So I shaved off all of my head, uh, all the hair on my head, and I shaved off my beard. And I went into the bathroom mirror, took my shirt off, and I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> I see it. Okay, that's where I'm going. That's what mm. I'm doing. And I thought it was beautiful. So when I did that, I was completely on board mentally, you know, yeah. and I could I could take it. Hmm. It wasn't easy. There was a lot of threshold guardians that made me want to want to ask questions about whether or not we could do this or we could do that. But what kept our our minds right, right? Some of the movies about faith. Yeah. Was having a strong belief. Yes. That God's hand was on this film. Absolutely. So our faith guided us. Our faith would be the balance to whatever that those dark thoughts were. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of faith and when, and when it comes to this film and George Foreman in particular, what part of his faith journey caused you to either be challenged in your own faith or reflect on your faith differently? Well, his, um, his faith journey caused me to uh, reflect more than anything on my faith journey. Uh, because, you know, sometimes life does get that dire it gets extremely dire at times. And 
if you can find your way out, that is your chance to make a complete shift and change because what was working before doesn't work anymore. Yeah. It's not going to work anymore. So you have to you have to make that shift and you have to walk into that second chance with your head held high. Mm-hmm. So it made me reflect heavily on the second chances that I've got in my life, the many second chances and how much better my life had changed every time I stepped into it and said yes. You know, when I said yes to a second chance and uh, went to college, I said yes to a second chance and moved to New York. I said yes to a second chance and completely did this film with a completely different state of mind and Mm. a more grounded spiritual foundation. And my life is always growing for the better when I say yes to that change, that second chance. Yeah, speaking of that, so I'm a big Pastor Rick Warren fan. I Mm -hmm. listen to Daily Hope every day, and he's been talking about these six phases of faith. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about those phases while I was watching this movie, and interestingly enough, all of them I can identify as Mm -hmm. I watch. And so they start with the dream, then the decision to pursue it, then the third stage is delay, Mm -hmm. the next stage is difficulty, Mm -hmm. after that it's a dead end where many people (laughs) decide they want to quit or not, and then ultimately deliverance at the end. So with that in mind, what is like the biggest thing you want people who watch this movie to take away from from faith because i think we're in a society now where there's a lot of hopelessness there's a lot of hope obviously but a lot of people are looking at their lives or their situations and saying i don't i'm done well well what i'll say is that you've kind of articulated a lot of things that i think i wanted to say when it comes to those six stages of faith yeah you know particularly the dead end part is that what you said the dead end part I think most most of the time the dead end kind of becomes um, purgatory and we get stuck in that dead end because it's a lot more comfortable actually not to force you not to force your way out of it not to lean into it and to have faith that you're going to come out of it so then when that dead end happens we want to grab on to some type of control mm-hmm. and it keeps us there at that dead end. And we're confused as why nothing's changing. But then what does God do? God will shake that thing up yes, he will. and move you out of a situation that you weren't going to move out of. Mm-hmm. Right. And forcing you to make a shift anyway. Yeah. And it's up to, up to us to decide whether or not we want to lean into that or whether or not we want to put that old furniture that God and took out the house back in, the house. Back in the house. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> but, I would just say, I would just say, don't be afraid of the dead end because it's not a dead end. Think of it more like, think of it more like being a delicious marinated <laughs> roast and you put in the oven. It might be hot. It might it's seem like everything's yet. boiling around you and you know, you might be ready to come out the oven, but you're not done yet. Just let mm. it, let it simmer. You know what I mean? And when it's time, don't be afraid to walk through walk out that oven mess, step through it, you know, move through it. I've hit many dead ends in my life. You know, there have been many times where I wasn't even sure if acting was going to work, was going to be the thing. Yeah. But I never lost faith in the fact that it was something that was um, implanted into my spirit mm-hmm. from a very young age. I, I have many arguments with God. I say, man, what? What did you put this on my heart yeah. for? What are you dangling? What are you doing this for me? For? What do you do this to me for? Yeah. Why do you make me feel this way about acting if it's not gonna happen? Mm. Tell me something, man. You know. Yeah. Um, but I still showed up to auditions anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I still read my scripts. You know. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, just um, 
keep the course really really even if you even if you don't believe in god the way that someone else does please believe that there is something working for your greater good Mm -hmm. and trust in that it's speaking to you all the time no one is so special that they do not hear god's voice we all hear god speaking to us in some capacity so when you hear it listen listen yes what's the biggest misconception that you had about george foreman that was debunked when you did this film that he was mean (laughs) that he was mean that was the biggest misconception for me everybody talked about him being just this scary man and you know, you think about him in the 70s as being this brooding brute that yeah. just went around and tore everybody up and didn't have any friends and nobody liked him. But when I was doing my research, right, I read his autobiography. I was doing my research, looking at videos, things like this. And I could see in his eyes the kindness. Hmm. I could see him searching for connections with people. I could see him smiling all the time. People didn't think he smiled. But I'm like, there it is. Do you not see that? Wow. He's always smiling. He's always looking at people for a connection. He's always got this jolly look on his face. And they thought that it happened in his second career, right? After his comeback, they thought all of a sudden he was this smiling, jolly guy. You look at him, he was on Sanford and Son. And the way he was smiling on there, I'm like, man, that dude can't be that bad. So for me, that was a big surprise for me. Yeah. And that's a part of Mr. Foreman's legacy. I wanted to bring to light was his kindness, was his smile, was his positive energy even through those darker years yeah that he always had that in him and i think that that's one thing to notate is that we always have those things that make us dynamic in us you know it just we talk about god sometimes god has to do something yeah for us to lean into that Absolutely. and that's what happened with mr foreman i love that i want to talk about boxing just a moment let's do it first of all I've gone to some boxing classes. The next day I couldn't walk. I mm-hmm. couldn't move. I yeah. couldn't barely breathe without my abs hurting. Yeah. So getting through the 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 rigorous training that you underwent to do this, what was that like? But also, is boxing something that you now do just as a form of exercise since then? I was always a fan of the sport, you know, uh, and I, I'm, I'm an athlete, you know, I uh, grew up playing sports my entire life. I played sports. I started working out when I was 13. Well, before then, actually... As young as eight years old, um, my dad on Saturdays uh, would wake us up and we'd have to go running and do workouts and run drills at the park as as early as eight years old. Uh, So cartoons in the morning and cereal at eight, you know, weren't happening on Saturdays. And then after that, we clean the house and go to church, go to youth choir rehearsal. (laughs) So uh, wait, all of this before all this, you get to do the the recreational part of your day. Yeah. Yeah. All of it before. So, uh, and you're an athlete too. Yes, it was my life for and, many years. And you think you've been in shape. You think you know how to get in shape. But until you've trained to fight, yep, it's you have different. no Each sport is different. idea. Each sport is so different. What conditioning is like. Oh, you run some suicides. Ah, oh, sure. You think, oh, my stomach's burning. Mm-hmm. I want to throw up. Boxing, actually fight training, like really doing it. Your eyes burn, <laughs> your ears burn, your skin feels like it's going to fall off. You can't breathe. You know? Did you spar? I did not spar. Mm-hmm. I no. Okay. No, <laughs> I wish somebody would try to. Even if I had a little helmet on. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you, 
if you thought the workouts were bad and you get in there and you start throwing blows at somebody and Mike Tyson always says, you know, you got to plan so somebody punches you in the mouth, you get hit and all the oxygen, it feels like the oxygen leaves your hair, mm. like it leaves your skin, you know, so getting accustomed to breathing inside of the ring, wow. you know, is a thing, you know, and uh, luckily I had such magnificent training partners, you know, like Cedric Boswell, who actually lives in Atlanta, Carlos Takam, uh, DJ Walden, who also lives in Atlanta. Mm. Um, uh, who, there's Actually, there's a couple of cats who live in Atlanta. Um, what is his name? I'm, I'm sorry, fellas, if I'm forgetting. <laughs> I'm on the spot right Don't now. Be mad. But so Don't many be mad, of guys. the boxers were Atlanta crew. Yeah. And um, getting into shape to be able to show up and perform with them was key. But it's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. But it's uh, it's changed my life. For the better. Mm. Last question as we wrap up here, speaking of change in your life, what acting muscle did this doing this film stretch for you that your previous work has not? Oh, all of them. It took it took everything that I had that I had accumulated over the years, all of the classical work that I had done, you know, all of the 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 comedies that I had done on stage, all of the dramas that I had done, all the books that I've read. All the all the bad plays I did, <laughs> you know, like every single thing that I've done has helped me uh, doing this film, you know, mm. um, and um, doing this film has actually made me a better actor because it, it literally stretched me to points where I, d I did not know that I could reach as an actor at all. Mm. Yeah. Well, you reached them. You did a phenomenal job, Thank guys. You. April 28th. Big George Foreman, you're going to see Chris Davis in a way you have never seen, and it, it is incredible. Chris, thank you so much. Thank you. How can people stay connected with you on social media and keep tabs on all the amazing work you're doing? Oh, uh, Facebook and Instagram, just uh, Chris Davis, K-H-R-I-S. Chris with a K. Chris, thank you so much, and yeah. I'm sure this will not be the last time we talk about some incredible work. That'd be cool. Thanks so much for listening. This is Just a Thought, hosted and produced by yours truly, Sheree Nicole. Just a Thought is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube. And make sure you subscribe, share, download, and rate this podcast if you love what you've heard. You can follow the Just a Thought podcast on Instagram at Just a Thought Show and on Twitter at Just a Thought Win. That's W-I-N. You can also follow me, Sheree Nicole, on Instagram and Twitter on the same handle, Sheree underscore Nicole, S-H-A-R-I underscore N-Y-C-O-L-A. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.